whilst it might not feel like we're doing the same format for those who regularly come, it's okay. It's okay. The, the format of a service isn't in the Bible. So that's okay. All right? So we're going to feel it out. If you hate it, come and say, Luke, that was awful. Why are we ever doing this? Uh, that's okay. If there's ways you think that we might be able to do this again and improve it, this is a whole team effort, a whole family thing. So I want us to sort of engage with the difference because it's all about Jesus still. It's all about Jesus. Um, so we're going to start by singing a song, singing some songs. So if you want to stand, if you're able to, the words are going to come up on the screen as normal. So feel free to stand and I'm just going to pray. And part of us sharing, even at the start, of something that has made us smile this week, something that has encouraged us, is in the Bible it talks about to uh, think about the things that are pure, think about the things that are lovely, think about all these kind of good things that we have, because they all come from God, and that's who we give thanks to. So all these things that you would have shared are things that God has done in your life. And whether you would have uh, accredited, accredited it to God or not, it's kind of the, says, the Bible says that everything good comes from the Lord. So as we worship, uh, let's remind ourselves of the goodness of God, the grace that he shows us, the mercy that he shows us. And uh, we're going to sing a few songs. And if a few people just want to come and pray, come and give thanks to the Lord, then please feel free to do that. Um, that would be wonderful to do to encourage us all. Um, but yeah, we're going to start by singing a few songs to help us fo- fix our eyes on Jesus. So yeah, feel free to stand, feel free to clap. We haven't got a drum today, so we're the percussion section. So if you want to clap, go for it. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let me pray and then we can worship. Lord Jesus, I thank you that we are here in your name. I thank you that every person in this room is here because you wanted them here. And Jesus, I pray that we might see more of you today, Lord. Even though things are a little bit different, Lord, I pray that we might remember that it's all about you and that you might be glorified. And Holy Spirit, I pray you'd be working amongst us. Pray that you'd be softening our hearts to hear what you've got to say. And I pray that as we worship, as we look at your word, as we pray, as we take the Lord's Supper together, Lord, that we might see you in a bit more of the glory that we don't yet see. Help us, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you want to take your seat, we're going to have a look at the word of God for our next portion of our time together. So around you, there may be some Bibles, uh, how you read your Bible Uh, You might have it on your phone or something like that, but this is the moment in the service to get your Bible out. And uh, for those of of you who have joined us since the start and are like, what's going on here? We're doing a slightly different kind of Sunday service, um, but we're going to look at the Word of God now. We're going to spend some time in groups discussing it and kind of uh, looking at what God might be saying. Then Dan's going to come and share from the words, and then we're going to take the Lord's Supper to finish our time together. So uh, if we all just kind of sort of like openly engage with it and we'll see what God does with us. We had a beautiful time in the first service and I trust that God will be here and speaking to us in the second. Um, So uh, if you can turn in your Bibles to uh, the book of Luke and then we're going to read chapter 5 verses 1 to 11 uh, and uh, our very own Daniel Restrepo is going to come and read for us. Let's give Daniel a round of applause. but just give us a wave when you've got it, just so we know that you'll be able to follow along. <laughs> and Daniel's going to read from the NIV version. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge of two, two boats 
left there there by the fishermen who were washing their nets, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a, a little f- from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so so full that they began to sink. When Simon... When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and says, said, go, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. So I'm just going to ask, in your like huddles, if you can sort of shift your chairs so that you're in a place where you can sort of hear people chatting. So you don't want to be in a line, you sort of want to be in a bit of a circle, so try and huddle together, and then I'm going to, we're going to spend the next 15 minutes or so discussing the Word of God together, okay? So how's this going to work is I'm going to ask you one question, and then we're going to discuss that for five minutes. Now, I want to encourage you in your groups, those of us who might be naturally uh, up for talking, so if you're like me and a bit of an extrovert and you just, there sometimes, uh, try and withhold yourself because it's really great to be able to hear from everyone, to be able to hear, what do you think? What do you think? And uh, so make sure that everyone's getting a chance to chat, to share what they might be thinking. And if someone's maybe been a bit quiet, you say, actually, I don't want to share. That's completely cool. But we want to make sure we've got time for everyone to share. So from this passage we've just read, I'd love the first question you to talk about in your groups is, what do we learn about God from this? So this is a story of Jesus and a real historical account, but what do we learn about God is? The creator of the universe, the one who made the heavens and the earth, what do we learn about God, who he is and what that means to us from that? So uh, you've got five minutes and then I'll, uh, we're not going to have to feed back, don't worry, I'm not going to like kind of ask for answers from your group, but I, I believe that as we start digging into it, more starts to come. On the surface level, there's like one thing and then you go, oh, but it reminds me of this. Reminds me of this. You don't need to be a biblical scholar. You don't even have to have ever read the Bible before to be able to answer this question. So maybe just in your groups, just start to discuss what do we learn about God from what you've just read. Over to you guys. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you your next question. And I realize you might be in the flow, but this is okay. We're going to have time at the end of the service to go back into stuff. That's okay. But I love it that kind of a simple question that initially you go, well, I don't know. And then five minutes in, you're like, oh, we've got lots to talk about. Yeah, so we're now we're going to look. The second question is, what do we learn about people from what we've just read? So people that are in the story, look at the people in the story. What do we learn about how, who they are, how they respond to God, what situation they're in? What do we learn about people from what we've just read of this passage and account of Jesus' life? I'll give you five minutes on that. Um, yeah, make sure everyone, maybe someone didn't get a chance to speak in the, the, the last session, maybe just say, oh, have you got any thoughts on that? But let's make sure we've got lots of space for different people to share and kind of share what they feel that we might be learning about people from this section. I'll give you five minutes on that. Okay. 
if you let the current person finish talking. So I hope you're finding this interesting, right, in terms of really focusing on what do we learn about God, what we learn about people from this short passage, this short account of Jesus' life. Our final question we're going to ask is, what promise is there for us to remember? So from what we learn about God, from what we've learned about people, what is there something that we can remember this week? Because as believers, we believe that the Bible speaks to us, and the Bible is to help us live our day-to-day lives. It's not just so we read historical accounts and go, that's cool. Actually, it's so that we can learn about who God is, his nature, and what that means for us. So in your groups, the next five minutes, just be thinking, what is there something that I'm going to remember this week as I go to my school, as I go to my workplace, as I'm preparing the dinner for my family, as I go into meetings, as I go to the shops? What truth and promises there can I remember, that I can remember? Because the Bible says that all scripture is useful for teaching, for growth, for encouragement, and to help us in our day-to-day lives. So that's your question. What promise is there for me to remember this week from what we've just read? I'll give you five minutes. Okay, if you want to bring your final statement, as it were, to a close, your final thought. So hopefully you found it somewhat encouraging, even hearing from different people. I found when I've done this before that sometimes you've read the same passage to someone else and they've looked at it from a whole different perspective. Or they've said something that you're like, never seen it like that, never read it like that before. So I hope it sounds encouraging, and Dan's just going to come and share like an encouragement for us from what he's been reflecting on this week, which will hopefully help us sort of, uh, again, think about how we can apply what we've been reading. So, Dan, over to you, bro. Thank you. All right, I'm going to start at the back of the church. I did this in the first service. Let's see how good you guys are at this. Can you stand up, please? Everyone stand up. Now, I'm expecting, actually, I'm expecting Charbel to, to like, lead the charge on this, because you're part of the world, so, like... You should know the culture and everything else, all right? So I want everyone to press in against me. Not bad. But these guys were from the first service, so they know how it works. Come in, press in against God. That's it. That's it. Good. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Turn to God. Turn yourselves to God. Repent. To, that's it. Oh. Okay, thank you very much. All right, that's it. That's enough. All right, all right. That's enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's how Jesus felt at the shore, pressed, everyone around him. Everyone pushing up against him, wanting to listen to what he had to say. And he was preaching, the kingdom of God is coming. Turn your heart back to God. And the the crowds kept pushing so much, obviously, as we read, that he had to uh, get into a boat. But this paints a, a beautiful picture of God wanting to be with his people. Emmanuel, God with us. He's the God who wants to come close. He wants to be with us. The scripture says that there were two boats, but Jesus got into Peter's. And uh, interestingly, at that time, this wasn't the first time that uh, Jesus had met Peter. It says previously in Luke 4, 38 to 39, that he was in Peter's house and he healed his mother-in-law. So first Jesus is in Peter's house, then he shows up at his workplace. Again, he's the God who comes close. He's always present. Then there's that exchange in the boat. 
Jesus preached to the people and finished preaching. And now he turns to Peter and says, right, I've done preaching. Let down your nets. And obviously Peter says, I'm, you know, I'm a fisherman. Like, this is what I do. We've been working all night as fishermen do at night because the fish come out at night. And you're telling me in the daytime to let down my nets, expecting me to catch fish. Am I stupid? <laughs> no, I'm joking. He didn't say that. He <laughs> didn't say that bit. But he probably was thinking about it. He said, nevertheless, I'll do what you say. Let's see, let's see if this um, master is right. He let down the nets. And what happened? A massive catch. So much so that they had to call the other two boats to help out. So this is the second miracle, and it's been verified by other people because they were just as amazed. How did he do this? What is going on here? So Peter realizes he, can, he, he not only can Jesus heal the sick, but he can control nature. He must be standing in front of God. And so he starts to shrink back and feel uncomfortable and become afraid. And I want to present two more reasons why, Jesus, why Peter probably felt afraid. Young Jewish men uh, um, would always desire to become a disciple of a rabbi, follow them around and learn their trade. But once they weren't deemed good enough, they would have to revert back to their family trade, which is probably why Peter had to take up fishing. He wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough to be around this holy man. And the next point, the fact that he's actually a fisherman, his lifestyle. He says to him, look, leave me alone. Someone around you, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be around someone like me. I'm a sinful man. Fishermen probably were the equivalent to what we've got scaffolding workers today. I don't know if you've been around a scaffolding site, but... You can probably, if you hang around long enough, you'll, you'll know and get the idea. Burly men, rough men, they work with their hands. They speak rough. That, that, that was his life. I, um, I gave the picture before. Um, so I was, what was it? I was outside my house and uh, there was some scaffolding and a guy was like two stories up. He's got a big plank of wood. And his mate's on the floor. He's like, you ready? Yep. Drops it down. So it's pretty much as high as the ceiling. Drops it down. The guy catches it with his bare hands. <laughs> I was like, bro, how did you do that? He's like, oh, you get used to it after a while. Don't worry about the splinters. I just walked, scratched my head and walked inside. I was like, that's crazy. This is the kind of man that Peter was. This is the kind of guy he was. Please remove yourself. I'm a sinful man. But what does Jesus do when he sees this man shaking in fear? He says, Peter, don't be afraid. Follow me. He's the God who forgives. He's the God who comforts. He's the God who uh, reassures us and accepts us. And then it says, after they dragged everything to shore, they left it all there. They left it on the shore and followed Jesus. 
They went out to sea as fishermen and came back on the shore as fishers of men. And Jesus calls us all individually to follow him. That same call applies to each and every one of us today. And he has a specific plan for each and every one of us in this room and beyond if we will follow him. So how do we do it? How do we follow Jesus? Very simple. This is the Christian walk. We can look again at Peter. He heard the Lord's voice and he followed him. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, I know them and they follow me. That's what it is to live as a Christian. Listen to God and follow. Have you answered? Will you respond today? Has God been speaking to you? There's so many things that we can draw from this passage to encourage, but my encouragement to us today is just simply to follow Jesus as a church, as young children, as older guys and girls. Let's follow Jesus. Let's listen to him. Let's listen to his voice and follow us. Follow him. He may be calling you when you've read your Bible. He might be using your parents. He might be using friends. He might be using someone in your workplace. He can control all things. He can use any means to get your attention. Are you listening? Will you follow? We need to remember he's always near. And he's always asking, will you follow me? He's the only way by which men can be saved. He's the only way into that kingdom that he was talking about. The only way. And he's the only way to God. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word where it says, uh, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Lord, give us ears to hear what you're saying to us every day, Lord. Give us hearts that are obedient to follow you, Lord. Hearts that are able to forsake all in light of where you're taking us, where you're bringing us. Everything else, Lord, again, pales in comparison to you, Lord. There is nothing outside of you, Lord. Help it. Help us to know that you are our reward. You are our everything. Our life is hidden in you, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Amen. So we're sort of coming towards the end, but we're just going to take the Lord's Supper and then I think we're going to sing, aren't we, and pray. Um, so they're just going to bring out the bread and the wine. I, we were clearing out our attic. I don't know whether the children are looking at all. And we found a box that had some very old things in it. And right at the bottom of the box, I saw something. Um, and it was a tiny, tiny little book. Tiny little book. And it had got no words in it. I know it's got words on the outside, but it's got no words inside it. Um, and I wonder if you guys can work out what it's saying. It's got a message in it, but no words. And it's all 
tied in with what we're about to do as we take the Lord's Supper. So the first page is that. Can you see that, guys? It's got no, no, nothing, just a color. What, what might that be? What might that be? It could be death. It could be darkness. It could be sin. It's everything that's away from God, isn't it? It's how we are without Jesus. Um, that's what the Bible says. Second color. Still no words. What's this? Can anybody work that out? Yeah, from the guys at the back. This is the blood of Jesus, yeah? His, his death. Um, we're just going to bring around the bread and the wine and then look at the next color and have a think about this as we take this this morning. What color? Staggering. How could black covered with red become white? This is what Jesus promises, that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, can cleanse us from all sin. Last one, there's one more color. This is special color. Gold, yeah. That when our sins are washed, as our sins are washed, through this extraordinary thing of the blood of Jesus, he makes us clean and then we have a relationship with this Lord of all lords, King of all kings. We have the riches of heaven through Jesus. Extraordinary gospel message told in a little book with no words. So as, as we take the bread and the wine, um, should, we, should we start with the bread? I want you just to think about two words that Jesus said as he gave out the bread. He broke the bread that night and he said, this is my body. Listen to the, for the two words, broken for you, for you. And I thought maybe as we take that bread, we could think for me, Jesus, for me, your body broken for me. So shall we just take the bread as, as it reached round to everyone? Yeah. So the wine isn't wine, it's juice, black currant juice. So the children can take it if they want, if the parents are happy with that. And then incredibly that night, um, he took that cup, didn't he, um, with the wine in it, and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out. And then he uses the same two words, for you, for you. And I thought maybe as we take the wine as well, we could think, Jesus, for me, for me, your blood was poured out for my sins to take away this darkness and to make my heart pure and to give us the riches of heaven. Father, we thank you. Thank you so much for being together, Lord. Thank you for this body, your body that you gave. You broke for us, for us, for my sins. Jesus, you dying for me. Father, thank you for the blood that was poured out for us, for my sins, Lord. We so give thanks to you. Thank you, Jesus. What a thing you've done for us. Open our eyes, Lord. We see only glimpses of this. Open our eyes, Lord, that we would know about this Calvary, this extraordinary thing that has happened. Jesus, we worship you. Amen. Amen.
So we've been singing these truths about the Lord. We've been looking at his words, he said, when he was here on this earth. We're going to now spend some time remembering Jesus going to the cross for us. And we're going to take the Lord's Supper. So Marissa is going to come and help lead us in that. And I think we're going to start handing out the bread and wine. Our wine is juice for those who uh, might not be up for the wine. And so the teenagers can join in. Um, but let's continue in this place of worship. As Mauricio shares, we start passing it around because uh, it's a really special thing that we get to do. So feel free to take your seats and your assistants can start handing out the bread and wine. Yeah, that will do. Okay, so I've got my assistants ready, but not yet. I'll get you to go. Hello, everyone. My name is Mauricio. I'm one of the youth leaders here at the, at the church, and it's a privilege to be able to lead us together into sh- uh, doing the bread and the wine uh, or the juice. <laughs> Can we go to chapter 22, Luke? So if you want to look at the screen, we're going to read it together. I'm going to read it, and we're going to get ready, set our hearts ready. And that is my prayer, to set our hearts ready for taking the, the uh, communion together. And then it says, Then came the day of the unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus and Peter and John saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked. He replied, as you enter a city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, all furnished, make preparations there. He left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink it again of the fruits of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it. And gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. I've always been interested and I've always been impacted by these great stories of liberation and salvation. Do you remember the Thai uh, football team, the teenagers that were stuck in a cave about three years ago? And how every, it was in the news, it was in the media, how these young footballers were saved from a cave that was, they were going to drown. In 2010, 30, 33 Chilean miners were stuck in a cave for 69 days in a mine. And again, there was this great uproar and everybody looking, how do we save them? How do we save these people? And they managed to save them, and many of them have converted to Christianity since then, and they have testified of how God was with them. And there's actually a movie now called 33 that was done, called 33, if you want to see that, talks about this story. And then we have to go just about half a century back in World War II, prisoners of war, British prisoners of war, escaped from a Nazi camp. And it became a famous movie in Hollywood in 1963 known as The Great Escape. Well, did you know in Passover, when they were eating, they were going to celebrate the great escape of the Old Testament. They were going to celebrate when there was a nation that was under physical slavery in Egypt. And the way they were saved is that they were, they all killed the lamb and they used the blood and they spread the blood 
on the wooden door frames. So when the angel of Dame will pass, he wouldn't take the first child born. And that's how they were saved. A nation was created from slaves that became known as the people of Israel. But Jesus that night and that following day on the cross provides a new center, a new story of redemption. The greatest escape, not the great escape, the greatest escape in the history of humanity. To be remembered by a new ceremonial meal, which we're going to be sharing in a minute with the bread and the grape juice. But did you notice that there was no lamb in the story, in Jesus' story? But they, in Passover, they celebrate with a lamb. Well, you see, Jesus was the lamb. He was the lamb. But his blood wasn't going to be spread on the wood of a frame of a door. But his blood was going to be spread on the cross. Once and for all. To the last drop shed for every single person. So not just one nation was saved from slavery. Every single nation, every single one, every creed, every tribe, every ethnic group, every person on the planet, on earth, will be free from slavery of sin and death. Can I get my guys to come up? Can you bring the, uh, so Daniel Aisha and Isabel and Lucas, could you go to the kitchen, please, and grab the four baskets at the table? Just like Jesus sent the disciples, didn't he? They, have to, they expected it to be found. I did see it there. I'm not Jesus, so hopefully still, the bread is still there. <laughs> As we take the bread today, the cross, the crucifixion has been known by all historians as the most painful and the most humiliating form of death invented by humanity. And Jesus died on that cross. So could you guys go around, and I want you to take that piece of bread individually and pray to yourself and think, not that this is just a symbol, but rather that the body of God was pierced, broken, and beaten, just like the lamb was, to provide us the greatest escape and to provide this new way of having a relationship with God. So everyone, if you take just a piece of your bread, close your eyes, and say, Jesus, I follow you, like Dan was saying, like we read in in Luke. I follow you because I believe that what you did on the cross has saved me. When you take the bread, say, Jesus, it was all grace. It was all mercy. It had nothing to do with how good I was. I was just a fisherman or a fisherwoman. There was nothing special about me. Amen, Lord Jesus. No? You're taking it for a service. Okay, that's fine. I'll take a little piece. I haven't taken one. Amen, Lord. We want to give you thanks for the bread, for your body that was broken, Lord, on the cross. That was given up for us. This body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread, guys. And give thanks to the Lord. Now, for the wine or for the grape juice, 
I want to take us to Jeremiah because he talks about a new covenant before he took the glass of wine, didn't he? Well, I say glass or the cup of wine. In Jeremiah 21, he said, The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. This is the word again, the new covenant. And this was written 600 or so years before Jesus. I will not be like the covenant I made with the forefathers when I took them out of their hands, when I took them out of slavery from Egypt. No, because they broke that covenant. Though he was a faithful husband, though I was a faithful husband, says the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts. So if I ask the guys to come and bring the wine, uh, the, the, the wine to share with us, are they there? Can you get them a little? Thank you. They probably started drinking it. No, they haven't. So if you bring it out... I think signatures are still done, don't we? I know we went for many years where signature was a way of identifying who we were. When it says, write the name, write the law of God in their minds, I write it in their hearts. No longer do we have to write the Ten Commandments. No longer do we have to write a set of rules or regulations. When you take the one, can you please keep it and hold it? Don't drink it yet. We're going to drink it together. Okay? So just keep it and hold it. And I want you to imagine that you are grabbing a pen and you're carving a word onto your heart and to your mind. And the word is Jesus. He is now your identity. He is now the person who you follow and who you live for. Because now you have a new relationship. We have a new relationship with God and each other thanks to the work of Jesus on the cross thanks to the blood that was spilt on the cross, we have this new covenant. And it says, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. I wonder how many of us, when we came to a church or to, became to hear Jesus the first time, we felt least amongst others. We felt like we weren't worthy. We felt sinful like Peter did. He felt least. Or how many of us came feeling too proud that we were too good? But Jesus humbled us and and made us realize that we are sinful and that we need Jesus in our life. When everybody's got one, I'm going to ask you to stand up now. Thank you. Because we've been looking back, but we're now, the Bible also talks about looking at the future. We're going to read this together. Okay, And then after reading it together, we're going to drink it. We're going to read the wedding supper of the Lamb in Revelation 19. Because here in the Bible, there's tells us that we look back to the cross, but we also look to the future when Jesus comes again. And we are celebrating the wedding feast. Look at what it says here. Get ready. Verse 6. You ready? Everybody ready? One, two, three. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like the loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready with fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. The angel said to me, write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the lamb. And he added, 
These are the true words of God. Who's invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb? Every single human being has the invitation. That is what makes Christianity unique. It's nothing that what we did, it's everything what he did. Let us take together and we praise God and we say, Jesus, come soon. Lord Jesus, come soon. Thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. We pray you, praise you and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful to be spend time reflecting on Jesus together. Um, sort of like the formal end to our service, but I really encourage us maybe just in our groups or people next to us just to pray. If there's anything that's going on in your life that you'd love prayer for, we love praying as a church. If there's anything that has stood out to you this morning you'd love some prayer for, let's pray together. If you're here and you go, I don't think I've ever said I want to follow Jesus, then maybe pray with the person next to you. Ask them more if you feel a bit nervous about asking them, then I'm really happy to speak to you. So it's Dan, so it's Mauricio. I'm really happy to do that. But let's not leave this place just rushing off, quick get home for lunch or whatever. Let's make the moment to be together, to pray. I know West Ham, Man United's on in a minute as well. So all of these things, let's, let's kind of make sure we get time with the Lord and uh, to be together. So um, yeah, been a blessing. Hopefully you've been encouraged and it hasn't been too crazy or too weird for those of us who are normally here. Um, God bless you. Yeah.